Hey, it's Patrick. Before we start, at the time of this recording, we went through a bit of a name rebranding from Rick Center to Altitude Accelerator. With that in mind, we hope you enjoy the following interview. Welcome to the Startups Transform podcast. I'm Patrick McGuire, your host, board member and advisor at Altitude Accelerator, where we help startups scale to new heights. We chat with phenomenal tech business leaders who've climbed their way to success within their industry. Our guests delve deep into the lessons they've learned along the way so that you can get a head start on your next big idea. Got something cool here. I love it. It's something that really, if you're not doing now, you should have planned for the future. This is a phenomenal opportunity for people to really understand that they can do so much more with their plants, their products, and even their food source going forward in the future. This came from one idea of something that you might not think as a priority, but in Canada, it definitely is top of mind these days. It's also something that, of course, applies to all agriculture and home growers. And we'll tell you something cool about some farm opportunity in the future. So I just want to tell you about Mary AG. Mary AG is here. It's the smart grow box with uncompromising features and benefits. So David, why don't you tell me what Mary AG really is all about? And first of all, thank you for joining us. Hi, Patrick. Thanks for having me. Well, Mary, we we offer an automated growing system that uh, is ideal for anyone who doesn't know where to start. So what that means is it's a unit that can stand in your living room, in your dining room, or your basement, wherever you want to put it. Uh, you plug it into the wall, you add water, hook it up to your Wi-Fi, and put your seed in for the plant that you want to grow. After that, the system pretty much takes over. Of course, you know, with plants and anything where you want to consume consume the crop from, there's a little bit of plant care in, involved. But for anyone who doesn't know how to take care of their plant, we have live support right through a, a mobile app that allows us to help you assess plant health and give you any advice that you need. The fact that you've got not just a product you sell and someone can go and put these lights and, and a I call it a column, but you've got a box, a beautiful growing box. It's beautiful, by the way, in case everyone hasn't checked it out. Go check it out. You've got that in there, but you also add on that support, which is to help people, well, like me, who like to think that we can grow our foods or grow our cannabis or anything else, and we can't. <laughs> so I'm glad you got the support. That's probably a little bit of a differentiator from you and anyone else just selling a box and some lights. Was that the plan all along to have a proper support system? Well, the plan all along and the, the vision for what we wanted to do was to teach people how to grow. And as we started looking at the feature set for this product, we started to, to really notice um, the thing that's missing is that critical link between the person who's interested and the knowledge of how to do it. There's tons of blogs, there's lots of videos, and heck, you might even get lucky. You might throw a seed in some water and it germinates and away it goes. But for, for the average person who wants to grow at home or wants to start growing at home for the first time, that knowledge and that luck is a little bit harder to come by. Yes. It's not a guarantee. And we want to make this as repeatable an experience as possible. So by adding in a layer of live support during the day, you can be a new grower. You can connect with our experienced team. And that very first plant you grow can be a success. We find that people very who cool. have a, a good success on the first grow learn a lot of lessons for the next one and start to become a lot more self-sufficient. Being a Rick Center advisor and a board member, I've watched you guys grow, literally, and thought, you know, we should do this. My wife and I do some growing at home, and 
yeah, we have some hits and some failures, <laughs> some big misses. But so let me understand, where did this come from? Where did the idea come from? How did you guys get your start? What was that like? Well, the, the idea really comes from uh, the main founder and CEO, Frank, unfortunately couldn't be with us today because he's, he's taking care of business over in China right now. It all started when Frank had this idea to make a self-watering flower pot. I believe it was a birthday gift for a friend. He failed miserably <laughs> in making this thing, <laughs> but it really started the wheels turning for him. He's a computer developer by trade. So it was his first real attempt looking into how to set up an IoT device. So wait, and, let me ask this. I'm going to jump in. He's a developer by trade who wanted to make a self-watering flower pot. That's correct. I, there's a disconnect there, but it's kind of cool. Yeah, I think if, well, I, to speak for Frank in his absence, he was always interested in gardening, always had plants and flowers at home from when he was really young. And that's something we both share. We 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 love thinking that we're green thumbs, but we're not necessarily <laughs> not necessarily the experts uh, that that a lot of people are. So we need a little help. And that's why we started doing the, the research and uh it was around the time that the date was selected for decriminalization of cannabis. So things really started to click when we thought there's an opportunity for a product that allows you to grow a plant that's a much higher value than your typical, you know, thyme or basil. Yeah. So we saw that there's a real opportunity to make something that's a little bit more technology forward and can deliver a higher value to a home grower. Very cool. And I mean, timing is everything for entrepreneurs. And sometimes it's nothing. But in this situation, it was everything. It was the right time. You guys already had the idea going from a self-watering flower pot to putting some technology in, getting some green thumbs in involved, and then going, oh, wow, this absolutely aligns with the new cannabis movement. And Canada has become really well known for it. If I was to ask you, since we're talking about the topic, what do you think your buyers are using like, is it 80% are buying it for homegrown cannabis or hemp being THC and CBD for the listeners that are listening? I love CBD and that's just helps my joints and pains and all that stuff. We can talk about that for hours, mm -hmm. but then how many would be maybe, is it 80, 20 to I'm growing some vegetables for my family or do you know what your customers look like? And has that changed? Yeah. You know, and it has changed. 80, 20 is a good split. That's, that's a good estimate. The reason why we only give a pretty rough estimate would be one customer is not one plant. Right. You're capable of doing quite a few grow cycles. If you're sticking to just cannabis, you get at least three in a year if you're growing from seed. But we, we do see a lot of people that primarily bought the Model Z for cannabis, but have branched into other plants. They had a few good harvests. Now they're growing tomatoes. Mm. One of my favorite examples is we've had somebody from the very beginning who had a, some really nice cannabis um, uh, yields. I think, I believe he's a medical user as well. He's changed to hot peppers. Oh. He's basically growing, um, I don't know if you know the, the pepper the pepper X seed. It's the Carolina Reaper, but hotter. His plan is uh, to grow, grow one from a seed in his Mary and to keep it alive in there so he can use it to plant seeds outside in his garden. So basically he has a mother plant that he can control indoors and show off to his friends. And his end goal is to, he makes his own sauces and salsas and he wants to make a really good homemade hot sauce. So oh my goodness. He's, uh, yeah, it's Mary powered hot sauce. That is, I love that. Can you get that on the bottle? Like seriously. <laughs> yeah, that'd be Mary amazing. Powered huh? hot sauce. Yeah, absolutely. 
Good, good. I actually have a friend that does um, fire butt, B-H-U-T, from the butt pepper. So that's a good one. Okay. <laughs> we should yeah, get that powered by Mary. That sounds dangerous, that stuff, yeah. Yeah, it's good. So, I mean, and you have a bit of a farm experience as well growing up. Is that right? I do. I wouldn't call myself a farmer, but I did grow up in kind of the farm belt of Ontario. Back when I was growing up, it was all tobacco. So the one thing that taught me was, you know, there's very few jobs that are harder than picking tobacco. So no matter how much work needs to be done, I just think back to those days at 5.30 in the morning picking cold, cold half frozen leaves and, uh, and scorching in the sun by, by noon, you know, lifting 90 pound bags uh, over and over and over again. So, you know, I think back to those days, every time uh, the entrepreneurial grind gets a little bit, (laughs) gets a little bit intense. And I think, okay, I'm, I'm not doing so bad. Yeah. Hey, entrepreneurs, I want to remind you that when the time gets tough, the thing that David can say is, you got this. Because the other option is picking tobacco at five in the morning, freezing your fingers off, and then sweating and burning by noon. So when times get tough, you got this. Don't worry about it. Uh, That's right. David, I mean, how did you and Frank find each other? How did that come around? It's kind of a funny story. I, my background was in, uh, in sporting goods. I was come from the cycling industry. And I had been working at an established brand for about 10 years, just over 10 years. And one of the things I loved about that brand was I joined when it was a very young company and I saw it grow and solve a whole bunch of problems that I just never thought I'd be at the forefront of from a business perspective. Once it became a little bit more established after 10 years, I thought it's time to, time to join something new again. Mm-hmm. So I joined a, a, it's another bike company, but it was a startup, a smart bike company called Van Hawks in Toronto. And that's where I met Frank, who is um, who's one of the, the app developers, the iOS developer for the platform. Frank, you know, shortly after I joined, we kind of hit it off. He left to, because he had other ideas of his own startup to get going. And we, we just kind of stayed in touch. And one of the things we stayed in touch over was, was this self-watering flower pot. This idea that morphed into basically a home cultivation system. And the more and more we spoke... Uh, the more and more obvious it became, uh, I need to be part of this team. And that's how, we, uh, that's how we got started. That is awesome. Yeah. So by the time I joined in 2017, there were some pretty decent, rudimentary, but uh, decent prototypes made. The software was fairly sound already because he is a computer developer. And you know he was making things out of cardboard and two by fours and you know, waterproof seals <laughs> in his basement. And then we started to put together the idea of a crowdfunding platform approach. So we started an Indiegogo project the next year, and we hit our funding goal in 36 hours, which I believe was a record at the time. So that's wow. uh, it became very real very quickly. <laughs> and then we had to figure out how to bring this thing to market. Yeah. Well, and for full disclosure, I actually did see you guys on Indiegogo. I spent a lot of time in there, and I have a whole bunch of products tucked away in different shelves. So I saw you guys, and, and I know I want to grow more stuff and do a better job. And I have clients in the LP category, and so there's always that crossover there. So I've seen you guys grow from the very beginning, or what I thought was the beginning, but I didn't know it was a self-watering flower pot before that that brought you together. So it's, it's really interesting. You said that the timing was right. You were building this amazing growing solution, benefits in a box that were incredible with great features and kind of, well, for me, idiot proofs it or pat proofs it and makes growing easy. But it also aligned with the cannabis industry or the legalization of cannabis. 
Do you attribute that to a massive amount of your success? Like, did you see just a spike and influx of sales at that time? Or has it just been a consistent growth going along? It's come in fits and spurts. We definitely couldn't have had the success that we've had so far without the legalization of cannabis. There's no other plant that would have allowed this application to be as successful as, as cannabis. Like you, the value you can pull out of one growth cycle on a cannabis plant is just, it's high enough to really be worth the investment. Yeah, for sure. And we try to make that investment as, as easy as possible. So the quick napkin math is based on our, our average of about 65 to 70 grams dried, minimum three cycles a year, the cost of the unit versus buying all of that cannabis at your local dispensary, you're breaking even in about 14 months. Not bad. Not bad investment at all. That value proposition is a little bit different when you're growing just tomatoes, obviously. <laughs> it takes a while because <laughs> tomatoes are quite a bit more affordable at your grocery store. So it was kind of the perfect application. We always started with sort of a bigger goal in mind, which is empowering people to grow. So cannabis is a great plant because there are quite a few challenges with the plant that you don't have with others. For example, right. um, there's smell, smell issues. You don't necessarily want it pervading throughout your house or condo. Yes. Uh, we can help with that. It's a very sensitive plant to light schedules if you really want the flowering process to be as fruitful as possible because that's where it you know, produces the end products. You need to be very careful about the light schedule uh, and conditions. And you know, Not every plant's going to be that picky about environment. So we looked at it as a situation where if we can solve the problems around cannabis, it makes it a lot easier to solve the problems around tomatoes mm. or cucumbers or basil in the future. Yeah, no, that's that's excellent. I read that on your site too, of course. This is a great option that allows us to grow year round and you built in that redundancy or uh, you idiot proofed it or pat proofed it. So I think it's really wonderful. And it's great to see you guys growing and, and more of the, the agricultural wannabe world. I don't mean to say that belittling anyone because I'm one of them. It's great to see them getting into it for other things as well that serves their personal purpose. It's great to know that you have a product that isn't just one size, it only does this and nothing else, right? It's it's something that more people could use in the general population. And from what I understand at this point, really, you just need a box with lights that you provide with the Mary AG. And I downplay that a lot, but I'm trying to make sure that everybody understands it's really simple, but there's a whole lot of complexity in the background to make that work so that people like us can use it. But it sounds like you could use this anywhere in the world that you've got a little bit of Wi-Fi and electricity. Is that right? Uh, yeah, that's correct. And we didn't really approach this as just one product either. The grow box was a great, you know, that was a great jumping off point for us. It was, it really allowed us to focus in on refining the growing process. It's also allowing us to collect quite a bit of plant data as we go from various users around the world. Yeah. But we always envisioned this as more of a, a platform rather than just one product. So what we're working on right now is actually think of it as, you know, I think Frank likes to say uh, 15,000 grow boxes in a, in a vertical farm. So wow. the platform we've built is powerful enough to run a farm. So we've started in a, in a joint venture in China to be one of the few cannabis producing farms. It's a legal cultivation and production license that we have, one of few in Yunnan province. It's for very low THC. So it's going to be for only therapeutic topical use. But there's a big appetite for research over in China, but there's also been 
a large resistance to anything that was considered to be a narcotic. Right. Yeah, yeah. So one opportunity that really jumped out to us was the ability to not only bring in uh, growing technology to China, where there's a huge thirst for it, but also to bring in compliance. We watch the Canadian industry very closely. Compliance is one of our strong suits. And traditional farming that's used in Yunnan province in China is just soil, water, sun, and seed, right? We can do this indoors for them. We can make sure that our technology allows that compliance to take place. So it's starting to solve a lot of problems for new markets. And, wow. Okay. You know, the destigmatization we did for the Canadian home grower, we're working on doing that for the industrial grower in other markets as well. That's pretty awesome. And I would imagine the control factor and the consistency of the product comes into play too for that consumer in the end. Absolutely. For sure. Like, Knowing what you're getting out of a crop is, it's not just a matter of weight when it comes to a, a crop like cannabis. It's, it's a matter of quality as well. Yeah, for sure. Now, I'm going to go back to something you just said, because we haven't talked about it too much. And obviously, I, I love technology. And this is kind of one of those things that we're into, especially with the Rick Center and everything we're doing with Startups Transformed. A lot of the companies we talk to are in the tech. And you guys are in tech as well. You're not just an agri, you're agriculture and technology. And for the home grower and for the corporates and for the big farms, it's pretty cool. But platform, you sort of pivoted your business and you started working on the platform a little more. Can you tell us a bit about that and, and maybe we'll elaborate from there? Yeah, absolutely. Like, like I said, when we were developing the grow box, one of the most interesting things for us in terms of opportunity was we're going to learn a lot from the sensors that are on all the grow boxes throughout our, our customer base. So we know how quickly it drinks water, for example. We know uh, how fast it grows because we measure the height of the plant. We can make changes to the recipes. When we say recipes, it's the scheduling of and control of all, all the grow conditions. Um, so we can actually make tweaks to make specific cultivars produce better uh, in the future. We started looking at this as a real potential on a bigger scale as well. So we have a good start. And we know what can happen if you put the, our grow box in a dry, arid, hot area or in a cool, damp area. But that is, that's not the same as, as the data we can collect from a farm level. So on one hand, we have kind of this one-to-one -one relationship with our home cultivation grower, which is giving us some great feedback to show us what we really need to apply at a farm level. And then on the other hand, on a farm level, we'll be gathering data very quickly on multiple plants, which we can then feed back to the home cultivator if the application helps them as well. So it's kind of like if you, you know, oh, if you have wow. a Mary today. Yeah, you can kind of reverse that technology. Yeah, share. if you have a Mary today, you're going to learn uh, from the farmers. Uh, you just you can share it, right? Absolutely. I like that. I know we had a little crossover there, but I couldn't hold back because the idea of sharing with the people while sharing their data first with your platform and the farmers potentially, and then vice versa on a massive scale sharing farmer data. And we all understand, let's be clear about this, folks, not sharing personal private data, but sharing growing data points. Correct. And being able to share that information and, like you said, tweak recipes so that the the data, the signal, the information of that recipe is being fed through Wi-Fi is non-intrusive, non-invasive, and well, it makes the human almost redundant as long as you can plant a seed and fill the water, I think. Is that what I'm uh, getting right? Yeah, of course. Uh, the, the human is never redundant, but we can cut down on the amount of humans <laughs> and hands you need to grow a crop for sure. Yeah, that is really cool. So moving to that platform concept, who made that decision? And, and 
I guess it's kind of like a pivot, but not really. Maybe it is a pivot. Depends how you phrase that. But who made that decision to really focus on making the platform happen? Well, to be honest, it was always part of our vision. And it's kind of funny because we started with um, what if we could grow tomatoes in the space station type type dreaming when we were talking about the opportunities for an automated grow system. And we refined it down to the opportunity that was in front of us for the home cultivation cannabis consumer. And the opportunity to get a license and start this joint venture in China just arose very quickly. It was you know something we were always building towards. We thought it was on our three to five year roadmap. And then once the opportunity and one of the last opportunities in China arose, then we had to change. We had to make that pivot happen very quickly. And that was, uh, Frank realized the opportunity uh, when he was over in China previously working with some of our manufacturing suppliers. He just happened to meet the right person at the right time and away we went. So it's one of those those opportunities that you can't take advantage of unless you're thinking ahead to begin with, I guess. Mm-hmm. Like I said, it's you know if you talk to us in 2018, we never thought by 2021 we'd be working on our first prototypes for a farm. We would have put that probably closer to 24. But that prototype is it's in testing right now. And um, yeah, it's just been a, a, been a very rapid, rapid change. That is a very welcome surprise when that happens. But you got to be ready to roll with it, uh, whether it's a full pivot or a partial pivot or just a rapid execution of your long-term plan. You got to be ready. David and Frank were ready. They answered the call with Mary AG. I think it's super cool. You know, the position of the company, being able to just make sure that you work with the right suppliers, the right partners. You found one in China that you, they raised their hands. They said, hey guys, we want to do this. This is great. Who really made that decision to work with that larger scale farm opportunity? Was it you, Frank? Was it board of advisors, partners, friends, or was it just, you know, was it a a joint venture of decision makers? Frank made the decision. He absolutely jumped on it. And uh, (laughs) when he broke the news to me, it was was hard uh, hard to say anything, but yes, anyway. I wouldn't have wanted him to say anything else, but anything other than yes. But at the same time, it, you know, it seemed a little bit surreal at the time that we had this opportunity. So like you said, it's it's something you have to stay ready for rather than get ready for. So it was definitely a, a decision made by Frank and one that we we all got behind really, really quickly. Awesome. That's good to know. I mean, sometimes it takes someone to just start the lead and be that tipping point, stealing from Malcolm Gladwell, of course, but if you got that tipping point and you got an opportunity to take it, and the team agrees with it, go full out. I mean, full on sprint. I know Usain Bolt's a past tense now because he's just been beaten as a junior record. So, but I would say when you're going, you got to go. And you guys clearly made the decision to go together once Frank gave you that tipping point opportunity. So really impressed. Very proud of you guys. It's awesome. Your growth has been, I mean, it's been like a brand new cannabis plant growing inside of one of your Mary AGs. It's been big. Yeah, and um, it's, it's fun to see it from a seed all the way to fruition to, to follow that oh, line. of. Personally, there's nothing I love more than that. I love seeing our hot peppers and our tomatoes and cucumbers and squash and all these other things we do at home ourselves. And, and we're just gambling. We're gambling. I mean, I bought the organic heirlooms. Uh, you know, I got those seeds. You know, we soak them, we scar them, we put them in the dirt, we put them under the lights. I probably should put a heat source into them. But you know what? I should probably just use a Mary AG. <laughs> but it is so... We have a recipe for heirlooms. I'm, I'm sure we could get you get you started with that. 
I'm going to have to learn. But it is it is so nice to see that growth. And it is satisfying, like you said, to go from seed to actual finished product, no matter what that product is, if it's cucumber or if it's cannabis, depending on what your desires are. And I love that you're helping out everybody with these new recipes and timings. Recipes, folks, reminder, that's that's the nutrients, the water, the the timing of things, the light, all that stuff. That's a recipe. I mean, it's just like cooking something. It's just you're cooking it from the seed. So let's sort of double back. I'm going to ask you some some hindsight, the 2020 questions here. What are three things that you wish you would have told your younger self? Wow. Um, COVID is going to happen is definitely one of them. <laughs> I think everyone wanted that, uh, wanted to be aware that was coming in. We, we probably could have avoided it. I guess not specifically that it's COVID, but you know, people say it's a, it's a once in a generation issue that we have to face, but you know, there's a lot of once in generation issues. So I, I'd say every generation has something like this. Mm-hmm. It's hard to say exactly what you need to know to be ready for something like this, but I wish we had built a little more redundancy into our original supply chain because we did scramble quite a bit. We did see some interruptions to our inventory coming in in early 21. Fortunately, we were able to scrap and, and fight and claw our way past that as a company. But uh, I know there's a lot of companies that just weren't as fortunate as us. So I think being ready and being ready to jump on things quickly uh, and having a little bit of redundancy that you don't think you need. If you have it and don't need it, then that's great. You know, Talking about Frank making the decision for the pivot, the reason why we make a good team, I think, is you need an entrepreneur who's has no doubt in their mind of what they're doing. And it is really good if you can surround that people with a healthy amount of doubt. So I personally have always been the the doubtful one, the healthy amount of doubt, the skeptic. So I wish going back, uh, telling myself a little bit younger, it's going to work out. If you work and you focus, if you clear out some of the noise or as much of the noise as possible, that things will work out. Or it may not be what you're working on now, but something will. <laughs> um, so I could do with a little less doubt, but you know, yeah, absolutely. Fortunately, I have a, a founding partner who's who has no doubt whatsoever, which is great. Yep, yep, yep. Absolutely, that helps. Curious, being that this is a startup transformed, how did you come together with Rick Center? Oh, geez, I actually don't know the story because I think it was something Frank was uh, was setting up in the background. To be honest with you, that may be a good thing. I'm going to segue that one because let's be honest, we can't all be masters in everything we do in our business. And if you have the right business partner, as you've actually said a couple times through this conversation, the right business partner making the right decisions and presenting that opportunity to the other partner to say yes or no is a great thing. So so I can't wait to talk to Frank, get him on the session and be able to chat with him uh, later on in the future. We've got another plan for that. But I love the fact that you guys work so well with each other and you trust each other, but you also have that sounding board, that litmus test putting that seed in the water and see if she sprouts kind of idea between the two of you. So I actually really do appreciate you saying I wasn't the guy that drove the conversation with Rick center. It's always worked out that uh, I get involved a little bit, you know, after if it's how to do it, Frank's got a great intuition for what to do. And like I said, he doesn't have the doubt. And then the doubtful person comes (laughs) in and says, okay, now how are we actually going to pull this off? So yeah. Is that doubt or is that reality? Yeah, I, I guess it's a little bit of both, right? Um, I think you need a little bit of skepticism to, to stay realistic. But uh, if you get mired down in, in skepticism, then you're going to miss those opportunities that are dangling in front of you, for sure. For sure. All right. So obviously, Startup Transform podcast with Rick Center. 
we know that we want to help entrepreneurs and we love seeing you guys doing it yourselves. Most entrepreneurs are self-starters anyways, and they're just going to keep on going and in your case, growing. I love that. I do have a question going back to the younger you, the maybe the pre-entrepreneurial and maybe way back to before you took that job with that well-known Canadian bike brand, thinking of that younger you, and it could have been a day ago, it could be years ago, it could be when you were a kid. If you got the chance to be an entrepreneur all over again, would you do it? Wow. Um, <laughs> it depends on what time of day you ask me that, but I'd say the answer isn't just yes. It's, I don't know what else I could do. Some people are just wired for it. Some people aren't. And um, I think uh, if you're more wired for following a script, then go get a good nine to five job. But if you're like me and you're not, then uh, you'll find, you'll find things to do for sure. You'll find uh, ideas to pursue. And I think it's one of those, it it's chooses you, you don't choose it kind of thing, I guess to be right. But yeah, I don't, I don't know what else I would have done. Well, it is uh, 1147 on a Friday after, well, not afternoon yet, I guess almost. Mm -hmm. And he still would be an entrepreneur. Ask Absolutely. him at three o'clock today, maybe. <laughs> Ask me Ask at, at nine thirty tonight if uh, I'm on another call, and uh, yeah. I might, I might, I might pause a little more before saying yes. Yeah, for sure. But I do like your answer, and, and I agree the same way. I like to remind people that I'm absolutely unemployable. <laughs> it's just the way we are. We're entrepreneurs. Uh, it's a disease, and it's a DNA, and it's a culture. And I love the fact that you were very clear in saying, "Hey, I don't know what else I would want to do." Being an entrepreneur is pretty cool. That's right. If you like solving problems, I mean, you better make sure you have a lot of problems to solve <laughs> in front of you. For sure. Absolutely. So I, I do appreciate all your time you're giving us. And obviously, you've got a lot of work to do and keep on growing the business, keep on growing plants and other people's businesses, which is very exciting. I can't wait to see the vertical walls and the, the farms that you guys are building out there to take this to a larger scale and cultivate more plant growing data. It's so exciting to see it. For anyone that's um, looking at or thinking about growing anything, and I mean anything, check out Mary, just like the lady's name, .ag, Mary.ag. Check it out, see what's going on. If people wanted to reach out to you, get in touch with you or the company, how do we go about doing that? Best thing to do is just visit our website, like you said, Mary.ag. We'll have somebody ready to chat with you or drop us an email, hi, H-I at Mary.ag. All right, folks, that is great. I've had a great time with you, David. Thank you so much. On behalf of Rick Center, Startups Transform Podcast, I just want to say a great big massive thank you very much, David. My pleasure, Patrick. It was great. As an entrepreneur, don't forget, like David said, you can do it. It's better than picking tobacco plants and leaves at 5.30 in the morning in the freezing cold and sweating by the afternoon. I'm Patrick McGuire. Have a great day. Enjoy and continue to grow your business on your entrepreneurial journey. Thank you for joining us on Startups Transform Podcast. You can subscribe to the show wherever you get your podcasts. If you enjoyed the conversation, a rating or review goes a long way. Recommend the show to a friend. Find us at altitudeaccelerator.com where we can help you begin your startup journey with access to our workshops, advisors, and mentorship opportunities. Be sure to tune in for our next episode.